I don't really want to lie my first step into Whole Foods. And I was like, yeah, Darcy was at the show and I've got samples. Like didn't connect the two thoughts, two separate thoughts. And they're like, okay, yeah, her office is second door on the left. Why don't you drop them off on her desk? Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming the show Paul Vogue. He is the founder and CEO of Ourobora, a sparkling water company selling unique flavors online and in more than 8,000 stores around the country. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Uh, you know what? I just want to go out and say it on air. I'm getting so good at these intros, and I'm so excited. It only took me like 300 <laughs> episodes to get here, but I, I'm feeling really good and confident about my intros these days. Good. Awesome. So for those that are unaware of Ourobora, can you quickly like, what are you guys selling? Sure. Uh, we sell craft sparkling water made from herbs, fruits, and flowers. So think LaCroix, Waterloo, Polar, whatever your normal daily driver sparkling water is of choice, but give it differentiated flavors, upscale ingredients, and hopefully a brand you resonate with a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. And I'm a huge sparkling water fan. I've got a bunch of these in my fridge. Uh, thank you so much for sharing them, by the way. Of course. Um, where'd this idea come from? What was going on? Yeah. So I, I am a big sparkling water drinker. I, I probably drink 10 to 12 cans a day. Um, and I have for many years. I grew up in one of those homes that did not allow soda. So this was, this was our soda. Myself and my four older siblings always looked like little pretentious kids with our LaCroix or Pellegrino. Um, my wife, Maddie, grew up in a similar kind of health-oriented home. So we were making a lot of sparkling water at home with our soda stream. And then I was working in this office building that had a fully stocked pantry area. So at work, I'd, I'd you know mow through 10 or 11 cans of LaCroix every day. And it felt odd to me that we had Jenny's ice cream and Justin's peanut butter and kettle potato chips and purely Elizabeth granola and all these challenger brands that are super disruptive to very commoditized categories in our in our pantry area. And then we just had bottom shelf sparkling water, LaCroix or private label. Um, and it, it made sense because there really wasn't a upscale sparkling water in that same way. Um, so we're like, okay, someone needs to do a craft version of this. Why not me? Um, I'd always been an entrepreneurial type person and really like sparkling water. And if you're going to drink a gallon of something a day, you might as well like it. So use that same soda stream to make our first few recipes. And we launched uh, just before Thanksgiving in 2019. Oh, that is fantastic. So... You have this idea, you start to do some kind of test products. You know, how did you make sure that the market actually wanted this? Gosh, yeah. I, I I kind of knew, and this is a problem a lot of entrepreneurs have, is obviously you're probably really passionate about the thing you're building or making or selling. And, and probably will always be the most passionate. I I have yet to meet someone who is more passionate about sparkling water than me. I've come close a few times. Um but you just want to make sure there are some people that are kind of in the same realm, or at least it's a large market. So obviously, we knew, yes, it's a very large market. There's billions of dollars worth of sparkling water purchased in the US every year. And my favorite fact at the time was we still drink sparkling water less per capita than Canada and Western Europe. So we're still such a soda-dominated country that uh, there was room to grow. And it felt like, okay... Growing in a competitive category is really challenging, but growing in one that is growing and it's competitive, it means you can own a little niche and hopefully more and more people come in through your niche. So for us, it was, hey, 
We want to be this premium herbal-based sparkling water that people that are tired of normal sparkling water can trade up. Or if you're coming from diet soda, you can trade down. And I'm saying down uh, in price, not necessarily in quality. Um, there's not a lot of high quality things in diet soda. So long way of saying to make sure that people wanted our differentiated flavors, I felt like, hey, to me, I drink a lot of this. So I'm tired of lemon, lime, and grapefruit. Let me go see if other sparkling water diehards feel similarly. And I, I bet we, I don't know, sampled with 80, maybe 90 people in Denver, Colorado. This is the summer of 2019 out of these little plastic bottles. And I had them try LaCroix and Waterloo and Polar and all these brands and ours and said, hey, is this meaningfully different? Like, is this something you would pay more for than you do you would the prior ones? And we talked about bubble size and carbonation amount and how strong the flavor should be. And is lemongrass a good thing to mix in? And anyway, after many, many months of that, we felt like we were ready to launch in uh, November. Oh, that's, that's great. So you went out and you talked to what you believe to be raving fans of the category and you're like, here's a newcomer. Yes. How, what's your thoughts on this? Did you take those learnings and iterate on the product from that? Yeah. What's funny is I tried to only listen to those that were, uh, this will sound a little snobby, but I'll say it. We, we gave a little quiz to everyone. So we would ask, you know, rank these sparkling waters in order of carbonation level. And if you didn't get this right, I didn't look at your feedback. Like I wasn't really interested in building a product for you. It's like, Hey, I'm making this product for, true top tier sparkling water drinkers. So that quiz said, hey, what has more carbonation, like Topo Chico or LaCroix? I mean, anyone that's had those two products knows that Topo Chico is more carbonated than LaCroix. And if someone guessed that wrong, like their test was immediately eliminated from the pile. So we had some way of saying, okay, of the 90 people we talked to, there were probably like 25 that we trusted because they they knew, hey, Waterloo has more flavor than LaCroix. And Spindrift is more acidic because they have juice in it. And there's a little bit of sugar in these few brands. And you know, there's minerality in Pellegrino and Perrier. Those are things you would know if you drink a lot of sparkling water. You probably wouldn't know if you were just kind of a casual fan. So we wanted to kind of verify, hey, these are serious drinkers. And then, yes, to your point, uh, what kind of new flavor experiences are they looking for? They they definitely agreed they were tired of lemon, lime, and grapefruit. But you know, does that mean they want to go necessarily to lavender, lemongrass, and basil? Uh, we weren't so sure. Absolutely. So with, you know, you've got some feedback from some potential customers, obviously in food and Bev, it's a little bit of a more work to actually get a product you can take to market. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So thankfully I, I, I use this analogy a lot because I just was so lucky, but I didn't know it, which is often the case in life. Um, I was living just outside of Boulder, Colorado at this time. And it's a little like saying I was living in West Hollywood and I wanted to be a stuntman. And it was like, man, everyone I ran into was a producer or a director or an actor. And I get all these connections. So I didn't know that at the time, but Boulder is kind of the home of natural products. Um, Bobo's, Justin's, Haynes Celestial, uh, I could name 40 brands that started there. Izzy, one protein bar. And these are all, this was kind of the birthplace of natural products. You could say second place is probably Berkeley, California. So everyone I ran into around town, I'd say, hey, I'm looking for cans. And someone said, this guy sells cans. And I'm looking for a, a small manufacturer. And in Colorado, there are tons of breweries that have a lot of line time where you can jump in and if you're willing to pay the fee. So that was the beginning, was found a food scientist, found a small co-man, found someone to sell me cans. Um, my co-founder and wife, Maddie, is an amazing creative. So she had kind of 
I, I think nailed the both brand and branding and packaging. Um, so we felt like, okay, we've got the recipe, we've got the packaging, we've got a place to fill the cans. We have a food scientist that can make sure we're not poisoning anyone and everything's coming out right on the, you know, big thousand gallon tank. And we did our first production run like October something, 2019. I, I need to ask because you guys had so much going for you at this at this point in time. Yeah. What was your backstory before this? Obviously, your wife had, wife had the familiarity with the branding, which is fantastic. Everybody go check out their website. I was talking about it before we got actually recording. Um, but you know, what was your history and how did that help kind of level you up to actually dive in here and start a business? Yeah, so I, I I did not have like one industry I was behind. I'll say what I did immediately prior to this job. I was working at a small investment firm called Saturn Five. They both invested in new ventures and acquired kind of unsexy cash flowing businesses. So a concrete company and a curb manufacturer and a corporate cleaning business and all of these EBITDA positive businesses, unlike most food and beverage businesses. Um, but before that or during that, I always had some sort of side hustle. So I sold Christmas trees or socks or t-shirts or uh, all sorts of things from, you know, 15 onwards. Um, never raising money, but always having either a side hustle or, uh, in between jobs, finding some way of being entrepreneurial. So that that was kind of my background. Otherwise, you know, I was 24 and I started this business. So I didn't have much of a background at all. So just a lot of faith. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I always joked, hey, I drink a lot of sparkling water. So if this doesn't work and we just ran our credit card for the first production run, I'll probably mow through this in like five or six years. No big deal. Um, and I've just got my own personal supply. So I did feel like, hey, the, the barrier to entry is low and kind of the worst case scenario was pretty great. So we've got nothing to lose. That's a great outlook on it. It's like, uh, you know what? <laughs> Worst case, I just bought a lot of soda. That's right. That's right. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. All right. I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. With the all-new free Sendlane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again. Free product reviews. With Sendlane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. Sendlane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made it an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. 
By unifying these key components of your tech stack, Sendlane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of Sendlane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit Sendlane.com slash honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a Sendlane expert. That's Sendlane.com slash honest. Awesome. All right. So you guys are launching this. You're taking this to market. What's that strategy? How did you do that? Gosh, uh, this is obviously... We all know now that November of 2019 was just a few months before COVID started. I obviously didn't know that at the time. If I had, you know, there's a lot of things I would have done differently. Um, there was a small tabletop show, which means it's not a very big trade show, but it's kind of a local thing called Naturally Boulder. And the Naturally Network is all over for natural products. So if you make a clean sunscreen or a delicious, you know, aspartame-free soda, like Naturally Network is for you. I think they're mostly on the West Coast, but they just started opening up East Coast offices as well. They had a trade show called Naturally Boulder. I applied to be one of the tables and got in. And it meant they they were kind of doing a pitch slam on stage. But in between each pitch, people would sample up and down the, the uh, rows. Now, what they didn't know was I was timing everything perfectly because at that point, my wife had gotten a new job in San Francisco. We thought it'd be a better place to launch the product anyway. And I wasn't making any money. I'd quit my job for this. So I was flying back and forth between Colorado and Northern California. So I had timed everything such that I could land that day, finish the production run for the next day. And then the day following would be this trade show. So actually, the day the trade show started, people are opening up these cans, not knowing that I'd closed some of those cans like 45 minutes earlier. Um, and we had, I think, a thousand cans in the world at that point. We did the trade show. The reaction was really great. And I had heard that the forager for Whole Foods was in the room. And a forager is someone that just tries new products in each local market for Whole Foods. Um, I got her name. Her name is Darcy. And I think I knew which one she was in the auditorium. And she never came by my booth. And Whole Foods buyers, whenever they get like a name tag, they'll always flip it around. So they're not getting harassed by people like me. Anyway, feedback was good. I take my thousand cans back into the rental car. And the next day I drive to the Whole Foods office and I say, hey, um, Darcy was at the show yesterday and I've got some samples for her. And the person behind the desk said, okay, Darcy wanted you to drive samples here. And they asked it kind of like very directly like that. And I was like, I don't really want to lie my first step into Whole Foods. And I was like, yeah, Darcy was at the show and I've got samples. Like didn't connect the two thoughts, two separate thoughts. And they're like, okay, yeah, her office is second door on the left. Why don't you drop them off on her desk? So I did. I dropped off like a couple of cans of each flavor on her desk. And then the person behind the desk was like, hey, why don't you shoot her an email so she knows you were here? And I figured it's such a big trade show. She probably met everyone or so she thinks. I'm just going to shoot her an email and say, hey, so great to meet you yesterday. Samples are on your desk. And assume that she'll just think, I must have met him and I didn't realize it. When I know for a fact she didn't meet me. And sure enough, she replied within 20 minutes of, so great to meet you. Thanks for dropping off the samples. Um, and it worked. And like two weeks later, I got a call and they said, hey, we love the samples. We'd love to get it in Whole Foods in Colorado and Utah and New Mexico. Um, and that was our kind of first big retailer was Whole Foods in the Rockies. Oh, that's such a good story. And I hope that listeners out there just understand you miss every shot you don't take, right? Let's talk, use the Michael Jordan analogy. Um, all right. All right. Actually, it's Wayne Gretzky. Is That's the quote. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with the launch, were you guys going... Uh, wholesale first? Was that kind of the the, the play? That was the idea. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I, I said at the time, like, hey, these are heavy 10-pound boxes. Our case of water is 10 pounds. Like, there's no way you can make money on the internet. Let's just sell stores. And I put up like a, you know, 10-minute Squarespace site just so people could read about it if they saw it in a store. But there's no way to buy on the site. 
And then COVID happened. And at that point, we were probably in like 100 stores in the Bay Area and then these Whole Foods in Colorado. And I was going back and forth between the two. Um, and I just started in this accelerator in Texas. So I was kind of flying often between Denver, Austin, back home in San Francisco for probably four months in a row before March of 2020. Um, and from there, it felt like, okay, well, gosh, I can't really go in the stores morally. Let's just turn this website into something you can buy. And it's, I have a lot of older cousins and older siblings. So it started with like, I think they were just doing me a favor of, wow, what a horrible time to start a business. Like, let's just buy a case from Paul. And it was kind of once a week, I'd drive to the post office, drop off all the boxes, whatever. And then it became twice a week, then three times a week, then every day, then twice a day. And this thing happened organically. I couldn't even told you what ad spend was. I didn't know what Facebook ad manager looked like. Like we were just selling well online. Uh, until we got a random call in May of 2020 from uh, a guy that was claiming to be a producer at Shark Tank. I thought, that's total bullshit. That can't be right. Um, and sure enough, it was. And they were looking for innovative food and beverage products because they had a guest shark named Daniel Levitsky, the founder of Kind Bar. And they needed more food and beverage entrepreneurs. So he kind of went out looking specifically for food and beverages. And he said, hey, I, I, <coughs> so I read some of your stuff online. I tried one of your products in a store in L.A., why don't you come out in August and we can do this thing? So we drove out in August. We were in a hotel room for 10 days in Shark Tank. And that kind of kickstarted the e-com side of our business. But just to directly answer the question, it was wholesale from November of 2019 till essentially the end of 2020. And then beginning in 2021 is when the episode actually aired and we became kind of a D2C business despite the 10 or 20 pound box. That's such an awesome story. Now with... Everyone knows there's like the the Shark Tank bump when the episode goes live. Yeah. What can you tell me about like how you guys worked on the business to make sure you were ready for that? So yes, we did have a big Shark Tank bump and thankfully we were ready with inventory. It is like CPG businesses are almost impossible to finance because there's a huge gap between when you need to make the product and when you get paid by distributors. For us, we felt like, hey, we already had three really fortuitous events in a row of the Whole Foods buyer stop, you know, trying our samples, getting on a Shark Tank. This pandemic brought more people into grocery stores, as ugly as that sounds to say, it probably did help a lot of new food and beverage companies, us included. So it felt like, hey, we're not going to manage our risk here. Let's just buy as much inventory as we think we could possibly need and then double it and make sure we're ready for Shark Tank. So sure enough, it was a massive night. Um, both D to C, the like 800 stores we were in, also we saw a great pull through from the shelf. And then probably the thing we weren't expecting that I, I kind of foolishly should have expected was plenty of grocery buyers watched that show. So we were ready with a ton of inventory. Uh, we got into a lot of new stores as a result. And I probably mentioned Shark Tank four times a week on sales calls where conventional grocery stores say, hey, wait a second, I think I've seen this product before. Um, and it's always a great way of saying, hey, they do two or three reruns a year. Like that's marketing that I truly can't afford, but a couple million Americans see our product every quarter on reruns. So that that helps us for sure. Absolutely. And now you uh, selling this heavy product yeah. online, obviously at first you're like, this is not going to work out. And you know, these are cans, you know, they could be damaged quite easily. So what did you guys, totally. uh, what did you do to try to circumvent those risks? I can't tell you the number of times I have dropped a box from a ladder to see like what's the best way of packaging a box, both for speed and for not damaging a can. We also use these sleek cans that we really like, but you know, if, if linebackers get injured a lot less than wide receivers, and it's pretty clear, like they're shorter, they're more stout, they're just like 
less aerodynamic, whereas our sleek cans just get damaged way more than a normal kind of squat Coke-sized can. So we have plenty of damage stories. I can't tell you the number of people we've refunded. You know, I, I, hey, great, you damaged two cans. Here's $3 back. Here's $4 back. I've done that thousands of times. Um, I think now we finally have a good system, but it took a lot of trial and error. And the truth is, there wasn't like 20 years of research to look at the way there was for wholesale things. Like very few beverage companies were selling online before the second week of March of 2020 because it's a really heavy box and there's a lot of damage. So we all kind of figured it out together. Say so eventually I had four or five friends that also sold things in 12 ounce sleep cans. And like when one of us figured out like, hey, you can put these cardboard things for 10 cents on the corners, we all quickly bought those same cardboard things. So it was kind of fun in that respect. Okay, we're all locked inside. We're all figuring out how do we make this thing work. Oh, that, that's amazing. All right, Paul. So is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you think would resonate with our audience? Um, probably our new kind of newer line of business. Um, we have online and, and in stores. I, I can jump into where we're currently sold um, in the summer of 2023. Uh, today, we're selling both single serve cans in stores full 12 pack cases <clears throat> on our website. We do a new flavor every single month. So if you have a sparkling water friend of yours that you feel like it, you want to give them an awesome gift, our flavor of the month club is the second Tuesday of every month. They'll get a shipment of a new flavor. This month, it's raspberry vanilla. Next month, it's mango chili. We're redoing one we did last year. Um, and 12 times a year, they'll get a new case of sparkling water. And then we sell multi-packs and single-serve cans in Publix, Wegmans, Kings Balducci's, a few divisions of Alberts and Safeway, a few divisions of Whole Foods, Sprouts all over the country, Imperfect Produce, Misfit Foods, Thrive Market. And I always joke, we're in so many natural stores that if, if you have a grocery store near you that's a co-op or they have oats in a barrel, we're probably in the fridge. So that's where you can find Ourobora. Absolutely, Paul. And I need to directly ask you this because everyone on the show knows that margin is super important. And if they want to support you directly, what is the best way to buy from you? Oh, thank you. Uh, Gosh, that's a great question. Right now, the best way to buy from us is a six-pack in Publix or Wegmans or Kings Balducci's. So you'd have to live in the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic, or Southeast. If you're listening to this show, um, we make the most from our website now in terms of actual dollar margin. Now, we had to institute a $60 minimum online to get there. So you have to buy two cases. But if you don't like it and you listen to this uh, episode, shoot me a note and I'll, I'll refund those cans. Um, and what's the website? Website is aurabora.com. A-U-R-A-B-O-R-A.com. Absolutely. Paul, thank you so much for coming on today, sharing your amazing story. Of course. Thanks for having me. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io slash connect. Until next time.